beside a grave at the limit of human life. The most powerful myths are about extremity. They force us to go beyond our experience. There are moments when we all, in one way or another, have to go to a place that we've never seen and do what we've never done before. Myth is about the unknown. It is about that for which initially we have no words. Myth, therefore, looks into the heart of a great silence. Fourth, myth is not a story told for its own sake. It shows us how we should behave. In the Neanderthal graves, the corpse has sometimes been placed in a fetal position, as though for rebirth. The deceased had to take the next step himself. Correctly understood, mythology puts us in the correct spiritual or psychological posture for right action in this world or the next. Finally, all mythology speaks of another plane that exists alongside our own world and that, in some sense, supports it. Belief in this invisible but more powerful reality, sometimes called the world of the gods, is a basic theme of mythology. It has been called the perennial philosophy because it informed the mythology, ritual, and social organization of all societies before the advent of our scientific modernity, and it continues to influence more traditional societies today. According to the perennial philosophy, everything that happens in this world, everything that we can hear and see here below, has its counterpart in the divine realm which is richer, stronger, and more enduring than our own. And every earthly reality is only a pale shadow of its archetype, the original pattern, of which it is simply an imperfect copy. It is only by participating in this divine life that mortal, fragile human beings fulfill their potential. The myths gave explicit shape and form to a reality that people sensed intuitively. They told them how the gods behaved, not out of idle curiosity or because these tales were entertaining, but to enable men and women to imitate these powerful beings and experience divinity themselves. In our scientific culture, we often have rather simplistic notions of the divine. In the ancient world, the gods were rarely regarded as supernatural beings with discrete personalities living a totally separate metaphysical existence. Mythology was not about theology in the modern sense, but about human experience. People thought that gods, humans, animals, and nature were inextricably bound up together, subject to the same laws, and composed of the same divine substance. There was initially no ontological gulf between the world of the gods and the world of men and women. When people spoke of the divine, they were usually talking about an aspect of the mundane. The very existence of the gods was inseparable from that of a storm, a sea, a river, or from those powerful human emotions, love, rage, or sexual passion, that seemed momentarily to lift men and women onto a different plane of existence so that they saw the world with new eyes. Mythology was therefore designed to help us to cope with the problematic human predicament.
It helped people to find their place in the world and their true orientation. We all want to know where we came from, but because our earliest beginnings are lost in the mists of prehistory, we have created myths about our forefathers that are not historical, but help to explain current attitudes about our environment, neighbors, and customs. We also want to know where we are going, so we have devised stories that speak of a posthumous existence, though as we shall see, not many myths envisage immortality for human beings. And we want to explain those sublime moments when we seem to be transported beyond our ordinary concerns. The gods help to explain the experience of transcendence. The perennial philosophy expresses our innate sense that there is more to human beings and to the material world than meets the eye. Today, the word myth is often used...